Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. You're listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Streaming online at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org and on the RFB app, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash iPhone or RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Android. We also have a newsletter that you should totally sign up for so you can find out about all the events that are coming up. Stay up to date with new programming, upcoming RFB events, interviews, ticket giveaways, special offers, a whole nine. You can sign up for Radio Free Brooklyn at R-E-A-D-I-O Free Brooklyn. I know, I'm such a stickler for that. <laughs> RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. This is uh, the archaeology extravaganza of your audio artifacts. I made that up on the spot. There's many ways you can describe Lost and Rewound, but ultimately, we strive to connect the dots between then and now and using the sounds from the past to help educate us and maybe entertain us at the same time. Radio for Brooklyn is a 501c3 non-for-profit organization. We're all part of this free and open platform to our community to promote media literacy, education, free expression. And we are relying primarily on you and your donations. Listeners like you help support our mission. So we invite you to make that one-time donation or monthly pledge at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Every cent helps us continue to stay on the air. So please support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford. And remember that your contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Alon here sort of sans uh, anybody, but I will be giving you a very special guest momentarily. So stick around, y'all. This week's guest is a friend of the show. It's been a few years since the last time he was on. He goes by a DJ named Champagne Sequence, who delves in amazing artscapes with analog, and he'll tell you about that in one second, because there is so much more to catch up with since the last time we have chatted with Wesley Marcarelli. Welcome, Wes. Welcome back. Hey, thanks. Glad to be back. Yeah, dude. Uh, Sorry, I totally realized as I was front-selling you there, because I was so excited you and I met because uh, we uh, had that connection through the world of tapes. Yeah. I saw you and my old neighbor, Gabe Rains. Uh, I don't even know if he's still DJing anywhere, but he, it, he, and, he and him were DJing tapes at this bar in Greenpoint. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Rich Lane. It's like a Greenpoint Williamsburg border there. Yeah. Land. Yeah. 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 I, we were doing, um, I had. At that point, like a semi-regular tape night called Tape Heads. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, some, Occasionally, it, it comes back, but it's not as regular anymore. 
when was the last time you DJed? You're, I mean, you're, you're playing music. You're your music. I, I play my own music and, and do my like uh, synthy drum machine vibe and then also have like the DJ stuff as well. The last time we DJed was, um, it, it was a good, uh, probably close to a year ago at this point. Okay. Yeah. Do you miss it at all? Yeah. Yeah. Organizing the nights and and just thinking about music like that, uh, I I do miss. Things have like kind of transitioned into like more of a a technical world. Yes. Um, I wanted to talk about that actually because you were in school. You were in engineering school. We should rewind to three years ago when you were on our podcast iteration of the show. Yeah. And you were in engineering school. And I think you had one more year left, maybe. That sounds about right. Yeah. And you got an amazing job that we have to delve into more because I'm fascinated by it. You work for the fire department. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I was at that time, I think I might have been working for a synth manufacturer. Um, Mark Verbos, who yes. I know through the karaoke world of all things, too. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 He's, <laughs> he's, he's kind of a karaoke head as well. Yeah. Him and uh, John Autry, shout out to them. Uh, they were two old, old, no, two <laughs> two handsome standbys of the audio engineering world, incidentally, as well. But uh, yeah. I knew them as karaoke whores, much like myself. Yes, yeah, so. I fall into that world too. Yeah, I just I was in <laughs> I was in Berlin just uh, a couple months ago and actually got to hang out with him there. They moved their thing over there. He builds boards, like he has his own boards that he makes. Yeah, it's Which incredible. Is- I, and and uh, that's kind of where I've transitioned to at this point, too. So, yeah, I was there. Then I got this job with the fire department, which is really cool. And I've been uh, basically do like fixing radios for the fire department. And so I did that for a year or so. And I've been working on kind of my own synth designs. And then that's now kind of picked up more. And I'm in the process of kind of fading from fire department into synth building and selling and education world do you have the means at your uh particular uh residence to cultivate you know being able to work on music and work on fixing stuff i guess yeah i have the means there and i've been i i i did design like a, a set of prototypes from home but you know it's after working uh, a, a job that's like a 40 hour a week job and then going home and being like oh I have this other workshop at home exactly it's kind of like you can fall into this place where work never ends and so uh, <laughs> that's part of why tape heads hasn't been happening because yeah. I'm kind of in like a never ending work cycle right now that's but I've uh, preached to the choir I yeah, feel like. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah but you know working on things that uh, designing and, and making music and kind of that whole world has been where my passion lies. So uh, it's it's not totally work, but it's still like, you know, there's well, still work being done. You got married. Yes. Things change when you get married. I know th- I know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, when, did, when did you get married, man? Uh, this is t- uh, June of 2016. Mazel tov, yeah. man. Yeah. Two years. So a couple years. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. But yeah, we've been together for, uh, this is our 10th year. So we awesome. waited. We waited a while to get married, but yeah, uh, it's been it's been good. You know, living the I don't know I don't know what the married life is. It's it's, it's kind of it, like it was kind of like the life before. It, it, it's how it exactly. Is. But now I have like you know when I, my car insurance wants like a copy of the marriage license and stuff like it's like 
It's like I get some kind of deals. Uh, there's kind of like married deals that you can get if you like look for them, I guess. Sure. I don't know. No, it's fair. <laughs> and, you know, the fact that uh, you guys live together, I mean, that we, my wife and I were living together long before we got married. So we're actually coming up on 10 years next year as oh, well. Oh, cool. Nice. Um, and it doesn't feel like anything's really changed. I mean, there obviously are many different changes, uh, animals. And a yeah. whole other thing entirely. Hold the Fiona on Instagram, just letting you know. <laughs> Throwing it out there. Throwing it out there. Not This isn't about me. Wes, uh, when you uh, got married, uh, did you think, oh, I'm going to, you know, we're going to move out of the city. You're inclined to stay in the city. Like you, you're ingrained here. Uh, you know, we think about going upstate quite a bit, actually. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's kind of tough. If I'm working this job, there's no real way to like get out of the city. Yeah. Um, and my wife has an acupuncture clinic in Bed-Stuy. So mm-hmm. we are here in some degree, you know, for, for the time being. But if there's some way to like split time, it's so nice up there. I don't know. <laughs> I wonder if you wonder if you could do what you what you do on a level that would be I think I don't know I want to say financially responsible because I think if you're going to be moving out of the city you don't need to necessarily translate uh, working on radios per se at that kind of level mm-hmm. to somewhere out of a metropolitan area you know what I'm saying yeah well how what if you were if you were to move out of the city how do you foresee um, taking your talents and being uh, being able to foster both for an artist's perspective as well as a vocational perspective. Yeah, I think that if the the synth stuff starts to take off in a way where I can kind of focus more on that and turn that into something that uh, brings back some finances, yeah, that's that's the ideal. That's kind of like the dream. I'm still processing like how that works out in a way that like I feel okay about. What new tricks have you uh, come across that you're excited about? you know, when you're discovering, you know, of new sounds and new techniques. Hmm. A new trick of, uh, of, of making sounds. Yeah. You're like a mutant when it comes to making <laughs> sounds like you're in, in, you've got an uncanny ability. Yeah. Um, the most recent thing I was working on was kind of like things that I built into circuits that I, that <laughs> I've, I've been like, uh, fine tuning and getting to work. So uh, one of the things recently was like realizing that I had added like a transpose function into the sequencer that I built basically so that like if you're sequencing a bunch of notes and you wanted to turn it up to the next octave, you could have an input that lets you like do that. Amazing. And I was working on that the other night and I kind of go through this thing where like I'll design a circuit and then start using it and be like, oh man, like this like totally doesn't work and like I don't know what I'm doing. And then like (laughs) before I ever really play with it that much, if one thing isn't working, I just assume I did everything wrong. Mm -hmm. And so I've been learning recently that generally most of it's right and I just have to look at the simple problems that might be there. Yeah, That's maybe a long way to say that I went for months thinking, oh, this doesn't work. And then the other day I was like, oh no, I just wasn't using my own design right. Or I kind of didn't plug the right thing into the right thing. Overlooking the very basic essentials. 
I think we all do that, right? Like, you were, I was like, oh man, like this thing, <laughs> whatever it is, you know, you just have to turn it on and off again or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like kind of like a lot of things that happens every now and again in the studio. Big shout to Tom Tenney, uh, the station manager, when I come in here and something just isn't working. You know, you'd think after doing a radio show for so long, you would know the right buttons to press. And I admit, like half the time, I really just, I wing it. I really yeah. do. And I, and in most cases, I can't afford to wing it because I have to be conscientious of other people who are using this wonderful studio that we have here in yeah. beautiful Bushwick. Um, improvising, I think, is mm. the, probably the, the through line here because, yeah. you know, you kind of have to wing it in a lot of respects. And I wanted to ask you how you decided upon doing improv and not just any improv, but uh, my, my jam, musical improv through the Magnet Theater. Yeah. So... I've been thinking about improv for a number of years. I think we actually talked about it at some point. It might have been like a, a Gabe's, our mutual friend Gabe's house, like sure. a party. And yes. I was like, kind of, yes. you've been like, oh, I did this musical improv at Magnet. And the part of me that feels like leaving the city kind of inspired that in a way because I feel like I'm here and there's all these things that I want to do. And, uh, if I'm going to leave at some point, I want to make sure that I kind of got everything out of my system. Absolutely. You know? And so Absolutely. I thought about improv for years and was like, yeah, let me try this. And I did their like free intro course and then did uh, a bunch of the regular improv. I only took one musical improv. I feel like I should do like the second level of that, but it was, it's, it's been fun. I like it. There is something really special about it because when we are younger and you and I uh, have this also in common um, because from your submissions that you contributed three years ago, um, there's a lot of, you know, boyish and you know, childish, you know, mm-hmm. imagination of just like creating songs. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. Or Bible talk, I think was the clip. Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, when you have that imagination to just create lyrics, just spot songs, just like right there, there's something really amazing when you can actually have, Enabling in the musical variety. So Frank Spitznagel, the music director mm-hmm. at Magnet, and then um, all the amazing, talented musicians who have come from there who do premiere on Fridays at the Magnet. It's just amazing to see it with a, even not just a, a brilliant pianist like Frank, but also just a full band. And that's it's yeah. amazing. And you're, you're acting with a really an incredible group of people who all got your back. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a beautiful thing to watch and to be a part of. Totally. Uh, admittedly, have only done some of the latter and more of the former. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And it's fun to like get back to that. Like you grow up kind of naturally doing that. And then like it gets, I don't know, for maybe maybe not everybody. I know like for me, it definitely was something that kind of got like yeah. pushed away. Like, no, you don't want to do that stuff. You've got to focus on schoolwork. Or when did that happen? Whatever it is. All along the way, I was getting pushed from being performative. And I think that Pushed from who you or from parents or parents in school. And like, I went to a really Christian school for all of growing up. And like, I got, I mean, I, there was years like school years where I would get like a detention, like every single day. And it was just because like, I I wanted a performative outlet that I didn't have. I think like as I'm, as I look back on it and actually doing improv kind of got me thinking about that some and just thinking, man, my school, like it was a really small Christian school. So there was no theater. There was no music. We in, didn't have art class. There was like Connecticut, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Yep. So we didn't have anything. It was just like, you know, you had all your subjects, you had recess and sporty things, which I've never been a sporty person. And then you have like all the Bible stuff. So I feel like 
Yeah, in some ways, like envious of people who grew up and had any kind of performance <sighs> in school at all, even like band or anything like that. So like the band stuff came through, you know, outside of school and, and kind of playing music with people. Yeah. And then later on in life now, it's fun to go back to improv and be like, I was missing this all along. I wanted to be... <laughs> You're making up for all the lost time. Yeah. Well, man, I'll tell you, improv was something that uh, I think anybody in my age group could have afforded to take more of. Uh, I, I had very few opportunities that I came across upstate and mm -hmm. I took it. I went to an artsy private school, I guess, so I was very lucky about that. I want to talk more about the exact uh, music that you did create in which we will get to in the second half. But mm -hmm. before we get to that, I wanted to also uh, pick up on the fact that the suppression of which came from your uh, parental units uh, is, I think, pretty standard when it comes to a very religious household. Your parents were divorced, so you had two sets of uh, households of which were, I think, not necessarily uh, concurrently more religious than one another. Could you confirm that? That they that they weren't at the same time, or like there was one who was more because one there, there were seven day seventh day Adventists for, yes. for the listener. Yeah, um, yeah. But, my, my mom and my but stepdad one became were, Catholic later on, right? My dad was always Catholic, but like he got like really into it, like kind of progressively over the years, got like more and more like I don't know fundamentalist or something. Sure, during yeah. high school though. Yeah, that was big big time. Like yeah, he he got into it. Then he started working for a seminary, so that like up up the game like <laughs> quite yeah. a bit you know um yeah and then your mom and stepdad uh as well were kind of starting to get there as well but they were on a whole other track more or less because they were more legit seventh day adventist and stayed that way and still are yeah yeah they've if anything like kind of after uh, well i think parents in general if you have like religious parents they get really religious when their kids are of like of a certain age hmm. and then like once you're out of the house i don't know maybe it's not everyone else but i definitely feel like for me like once i was out of the house and like doing my own thing they kind of like loosened up on like a lot of the rules and, and not nothing like crazy just like for everything adventists they like don't eat clams and stuff like that yeah they, so don't, they don't eat shellfish yeah, exactly yeah. So or things like, from the sea right now my stepdad will eat whatever he doesn't really care anymore but okay. back then it was like you know the Sabbath is the Sabbath. And, you know, now he'll like watch a Red Sox game. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that they did it because they were trying to be uh, responsible parents as opposed to uh, going out for their own faith? Yeah, I think it was I think it was a, a parenting thing. And maybe that's why some people get really conservative when they have kids, too. Like people kind of think like, oh, what's the world going to be like for my kid? Or like, how's my kid going to end up? I had, a, I had an older brother that got in like a lot of trouble too. Like, so they were like just totally freaked out that I was going to be like him. I don't think we talked about your brother on the last time. What, 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 how much older was he? My brother's like uh, about 12 years older than me. I, okay. Yeah. We may have talked about this actually. Okay. But he's so, but he was considerably out of your life in, yeah. in a way. Uh, I mean, especially probably by the time you were like 10, you were just hearing about him in college. Yeah, well, he didn't go to college, or like I said, he, <laughs> he was somewhere else. Yeah, he was gone. He was he was out. He was figuring it thing. out. Yeah, he was drinking. Yeah, he definitely drinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, when you got to uh, a certain age uh, and you were in high school, you uh, it seems like the reins sort of came a little bit looser, and you were able to uh, rebel in your own way with music. Yeah. And I think that came out in a, in a couple different ways. And these tracks kind of came back into my life recently. And then thinking about sharing them with you, 
it's cool to like kind of look back and think about like the ways that I was finding myself and rebelling, but also a piece of me was clinging and like really kind of taking the religious stuff seriously. So I feel like I was able to, you know, have fun and be like a goofy teen in some ways. But I also definitely there was a part of me that was feeling out all the religious stuff and like having a, a honest go at it. When we get back, uh, we're going to take a listen to some of that. And I'm personally very excited because uh, you are a treasure trove of, and it's, I'm delighted that you could even be joining me this for this. This is, ah, yes. Ah, yes. Get, get, get excited with me, get embarrassed with us, and we'll be back in a little bit. This is Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. glad that you're here with us this week on Lost and Rewound. If you want to contribute any of your old audio to our program, you can do so. Just email lostandrewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org. Send me pitches. Any old audio you have from your yesteryears, be it your uh, um, sounds from your play, maybe a song that you created with your friends, or a crazy found recording from private life in the house. Yeah, we want to hear that too anything then at all and that might be applicable we want to hear what you have in mind and we look forward to your contributions if you want to hear any of our past episodes for some uh, purposes of you know perspective lost and rewound has an entire catalog on many different platforms including soundcloud and spotify and itunes if you go to our podomatic page that's the most easily up to date in terms of all the Radio Free Brooklyn fare. And furthermore, you can download our episodes if you don't have iTunes or Spotify. Lostinrewound.podomatic.com and uh, check out our catalog. On the SoundCloud tip, if you go there, you'll hear some of our past episodes, even going dating back to season two, which is where we come now to Wes Marcarelli, this week's guest. And the last time you came on the show, I remember exactly what you contributed. You had like clips from home yeah you had like tv sound bites it seemed like you were playing a card game with your dad you were singing soft and wet by mc hammer yes the mc hammer <laughs> cover prince uh prince cover yeah. yeah i didn't even i didn't remember that was a thing until re-listening to that yeah and then um bible talk as i think we've referred to before yeah where you read a passage from the bible yeah. And then, um, yeah, just like some exercise. Lots like, of riffing, I... kid riffing on different topics. Yeah. Tell us about the band of uh, which you were a part of and the song we're about to hear. First of all, you you have like an entire catalog. You have a whole like CD collection of this. Uh, I wouldn't say there's a whole CD collection. There's have just a, no discography? It's just the, one CD? There's a CD and there's a few tapes okay. of different of different takes. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, um, this is the I think the best 
audio quality of of the there's another version of this song that's just like horrible audio quality but like a much better performance and this is the like oh man like i really didn't hit that note we were probably i don't know us maybe like 16 or something like that when when we recorded this and it was in i want to say it was like a cheshire bible chapel in in cheshire connecticut that they were nice enough to let us practice there and um yeah i play i was playing guitar in in high school like i said like i i kind of like someone had given me a guitar and i just kind of picked it up and was learning on my own and and just self taught completely I, I ended up taking lessons, but I started out playing so much that my parents were like, oh, he really likes this. So let's just like, you know, get him some guitar lessons and, and whatnot, which that was that was very nice. Well, they there clearly was, supported you in some artistic way. They then. did. They, they, once I once I, I showed some interest like that, they were like, OK, we'll we'll, we'll push this along. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a guy at school who played drums um, and we realized that we had this heavy metal connection you know? heavy metal connection there was a group of us probably a handful maybe like three or four people at the school that would like listen to metallica and just like that was our jam you yeah know? among other things but this particular group at school we were into that so our friend who um was a rabid rush limbaugh fan was into singing and so we formed this band because that's kind of like where we were at at that point this is like a very conservative christian school yeah and i think that i don't know how lyrically how i think that i kind of agreed with things at that point i don't know if i would have been as vocal <laughs> I don't, or, or, or like I, 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 don't, I don't i don't i don't know if i would have i don't know if i would have taken it as 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 seriously i, I don't know okay look it's okay you're not singing on this track no, but you are. You but, are I, I, but I'm supportive of what's being said, which is cringeworthy in itself sh- at this point in my life. Should we talk about it? Sure. After we, after we listen. Yeah. All right. The song is called "I'm Not an American," and the group name is. Um, this is a uh, Distortion X. Distortion X <laughs> with "I'm Not an American" on Lost and Rewound. I'm not an American. I'm not an American. I'm not an American. I'm not an American. American creed, kill the unborn, watch them plead. A wake up call is what we need from the politics of pro-choice free. Demonstration peacefully, up and down forcefully. The news are sound finally. First Amendment tracks on team. When a 
Okay, if I may, that was awful. Yeah. The guitar, I mean, that guitarist has is, is got some chops. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you might, you the, might rest, ask your, the rest of the band. You might ask yourself, uh, did this guy actually get guitar lessons? No, I, I was, it was all right. But yeah, the performance was, was a little rough. I remember that. I remember, yeah, we like record. We're all happy to have, you know, this kind of good recording of a song. And then we're all like, oh, man. It must have been the pressure, you know. Who set up the recording session? It was recorded in the church, like actually. It was recorded in. Oh, okay. In in the like the main church area where you'd record the church band, like we just used their church band setup and then recorded our thing. So someone was there helping us record it, and um, maybe the pressure got to us, and and it, you know some of those drum fills are kind of comical. There were four of you or five of you. Uh, it was actually just, it was three or four of us. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, yeah. and, and you were all about it or like, or I, did it take a while for that to like come back? Just like musically, we're just like, uh, I wish that had sounded better. Like yeah. we had, we had done a better job of it, you know? Well, whose idea was it to record in the church? The drummer went to that church and kind of had the connections there. And Got so it. it was like, yeah, so-and-so can help us record and we're going to do it this day. And then. It was all live, you know, a lot just like recorded it all live. How much did Distortion X perform after this particular recording was made? There were various iterations, but uh, it was mostly like recording and playing occasional church youth group shows, but it was not a lot. What was that experience like? I, I don't know, like kids like that are, you know, like teenagers, especially that are like deep into the church. They think it's cool that someone's playing anything that's not like uh, acoustic-y. I don't know, him kind of stuff. Let, let, let's talk about the guy who's singing. Yeah. Who's this gentleman? 
this is a friend of mine. I, I feel like I, I don't know, maybe I didn't really ask him permission. No, oh, no. Can, can... I mean, I, I can talk about him. I just like, I, I rather, I, I figure we're just like, just in case I don't want to like, I don't know. I don't know if they, I always protect like, feel, the feel innocent. Exactly. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll, so we'll call him, um, Bob. And Bob, 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 yeah. Bob was uh, a very passionate uh, conservative. Yeah, he was Christian like conservative. Yep, yeah. he was a diehard Rush Limbaugh fan, <sighs> um, and uh, he would wear a shirt to school that it was um, Hillary Rodman Clinton, where there was some kind of like Dennis Rodman joke that was about Hillary, but like Hillary hating from like day one mm. and would talk about Vince Foster being murdered by the Clintons like everything that the crazy conservatives believe now he was on the ground level of that also as you heard in in the song this like this kind of like just gross the side of pro-life that's just like obsessed with this like violent imagery and it's just really like really dark so that was him then and in the past year he's like was like just the past year not in the, no no but uh, just I, I shouldn't say the past year like he progressive he got pro, like progressively more progressive and in the last election cycle was voting for Hillary which was you know like and it was like having having it out on Facebook arguments with like people who were conservatives about how dumb they were so if anything as horrifying as it is to like listen back to this song and kind of like where we were at, like in our mindsets were at back then and like growing up in this conservative Christian environment. And both of us, like when we went to college just a year or so after this song, we both went to Christian colleges and then like through Christian college, like kind of, he's still a Christian and fairly devoted, but he's liberal progressive Christian where you're like, if all Christians were like this guy, like I might actually take that seriously. I'm not an American, which back then had a lot to do with this conservative pro-life politics, but feeling like I think that uh, this Americanism or specifically that conservative idea of like what being an American is like kind of corrupted Christianity in the U.S. It's been completely corrupted. There's no question. I mean, I I can see that and I'm not Christian, but you you see it, you feel it, you can sense it everywhere. Yeah. It's this entitlement and it's this uh, really seething underbelly that tries to sort of take advantage of the teachings uh, of of an entire religion and turn it upside down uh, for the betterment of one sect of people. It makes absolutely no sense and it needs to be stopped. Yeah. And and it's like, everything's turned into this specific thing. And if you're not like, you know, pro-life, then you, you're you not a real Christian or something like that. Like where it doesn't, I don't understand what that, that doesn't have anything to do with the, you know, what's being said in the Bible. I don't know. Yeah. I'm curious what your transition point was when you finally woke up and realized, or was it more gradual, but you realized that what was being fed to you yeah. was there was an element of uh, of disbelief that you were being strung along for as long as you were. Yeah, I think that it was in a way helpful to go to a Christian college that had a more open minded look at the world because there's a lot of fear when you're when you grow up that way and um, and mistrust and you're kind of fed that like. People who aren't Christians are going to lie to you. And like, the, you know, the, the, there's so much fear. And uh, yeah, just you, you you assume everyone's lying to you that being in a space where you can talk to people 
and talk about the Bible and talk about how like, uh, and maybe this isn't really a good pitch for a Christian college. I mean, there's plenty of people that go like this guy, you know, that he, he went to one and he came out a Christian, uh, not the, the Christian that he went in and maybe not the Christian that his parents want him to be or, you know, or imagined him growing up to be. But when you talk about the Bible and you talk about like the Genesis story and talk about how that's impossible for that to be literally true. Mm-hmm. And then once you take that step, then it's like, what else is like that? And actually, that's funny because the Genesis story was like actually a big part of that. Like I, there was some verse where it almost literally says like, once Adam and Eve ate this fruit, God was like, we have to kill them now. Like there's something almost identical to that. And there's this verse where you're just like, wait a second, like these people just wanted more knowledge. And like now, like you're like, got to kill them. Like, I don't get who is this guy? <laughs> like this whole idea, this, it's, uh, that was like one of the parts where like everything kind of started falling apart. Yeah. It clearly seemed that the idea of this deity was based on like control and like, like, yeah, like revenge. And obviously like the Old Testament God is so much different from like, you know, New Testament Jesus. But the fact that that's like the beginning of everything was knowledge is bad. That's kind of, that's kind of like the jet, like the story of Adam and Eve is like, knowledge is bad. Don't ask questions. Knowledge is bad, but aggression is good. Right. Yeah. Obedience and aggression. <laughs> well, obedience to evidently uh, only a to the aggressor. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the aggressiveness that's occurring in that, uh, you know, metal music does tend to attract that sort of ability that channels that sort of that desire to, you know, let anything out. And, you know, with between, you know, going to hardcore shows and, you know, going mm-hmm. to metal shows and people letting out their uh, aggression that way through moving and just enjoying the music when you're a spectator versus that of being uh, somebody who plays that music after you were a part of this band, were you still a huge fan of metal music or did that veer away? Yeah, no, the, the I, w- I was still a fan of that music and my musical taste kind of transitioned, like it went back and forth between ele- electronic based stuff and hip hop and then also also like heavy metal. But yeah. the heavy metal stuff progressed into like trippy metal or something like that, listening to Tool and being like, that was, I think <laughs> Tool ended up being like kind of like part of the transition out of being a Christian yeah. as well. Or like that, ba- that's bands a good like one. that. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, you know, that's a good transition <laughs> uh, artist for sure. <laughs> I wanted to pick up what you said about hip hop because um, uh, w- w- let's preface to say that we were supposed to listen to this track and like two good improvisers were making do with it, but yes. uh, the tape, uh, it, it, though the tape is fine, the tape player that was provided today uh, for our recording uh, did not work, unfortunately. Yeah. So, but the good news is, is that uh, we can still listen to it, so you'll be able to hear it uh, as the show ends. We do have some time left, and I wanted to talk more about uh, what that group was about. I had a friend who had like Fruity Loops or some things like that on his computer and we would make beats and also we would get like loop tapes where it's just or like kind of instrumental tracks and um, the guy who's singing the metal song we would make tapes for him that were like rap tapes I think partially because we knew he hated rap but we would make these rap tapes that were kind of like designed for him and then would have like different like hip-hop parodies and stuff like that but that was just for the most part, like an audience of one. And we would just kind of put all this time into making like a full tape of skits and uh, hip hop songs and then like hand it off to him for him to listen to. I don't even know if he ever listened to them. He might not. Have. What was your rap group's name? Busta Just was my friend, Justin. <laughs> oh, 
and then I was crazy Wes, really. Uh, That's on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, crazy Wes and uh, Bust Adjust. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was just you two, or there's there and uh, and and uh, Bust Adjust's younger brother was there. I don't remember what his rap name was, <laughs> but his his younger brother was part of it too. I was gonna uh, say something like Bust Adjust Junior, but like something that. like yeah, yeah, D- Dave, something Dave. I don't know what. That's amazing. DJ Dave, maybe. How many tracks did you end up making altogether in the uh, half of that album? actual songs there's maybe like six songs on it but then there's like a lot of skits and just like like a good day lost album yeah yeah uh, the the prince paul uh formula yeah. the the um the track that we are going to hear since we're hearing it after we talk about it which is unusual for the show but we will do it anyway uh lyrically could we uh get a little brief as to what the uh, lyrical content will be this is a song about uh about chicken the, the name of the album was Chicken Soup, you know, referring to the Christian element that we, we had grown up in. Um, but this is definitely not a Christian song. And there's a lot of cursing on it. And um, it's, it's about various ways that young men enjoy eating chicken. I'll say this, that, that I have the third verse. There's two. I think there's two sets of verses and I've got the third one in, in each of them. And... This is embarrassing, I think, in, in that both of these tracks have like male cringeworthiness in different ways, like the just like weird stuff about women that the guys rap about. I appreciate that I w- didn't really get drawn into that as much as, as they had. So it was nice to anyways listen back and be like, oh, okay. I was afraid you listen back and you're like, oh man, I was saying all this like horrible stuff, but I listened back and was like, okay, I was the more reasonable rapper here what were they rapping about it's like you know i eat chicken while i'm fucking my wife or something like that that kind of stuff you know like, mm-hmm. you know when you listen back to derogatory lyrics as a 30 something uh versus you know when you were listening to it as a teen it doesn't age well no no i, I don't i don't know i don't think i ever felt like really great about it at any time but definitely now it's like oh man like how could you why i don't I wish that just could go away and not, uh, you know, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of lyrics that you listen back to that you're just like, it's systemic of the culture. It's systemic of the trends of the hardcore rap culture of which we became embracing of because of the production value, which Mm -hmm. was admittedly raw and energetic and amazing. Mm -hmm. But then the lyrical content becomes more abrasive and we get really carried away. And it's like, uh, come uh, one, one upmanship, I think is the right way, put, yeah. way to put it. Yeah, but you never got into that. I think that oddly enough, even though there's like swearing on the rap song and on that whole cassette has a lot of weird stuff in it. I definitely looking back at my contribution was like a, like way tame, and I think that the Christianity that I was raised with, like. Starting to really come out. At, at least it influenced me in yeah, that way. That exactly. it was like, you know, don't talk about women like that. Like that's not cool. We're Facebook friends, and I saw you post a status update that drew me so in. Uh, and it was how you, by working at the FDNY, a fantastic opportunity. You get to see what you see and hear what you hear and do what you do. Mm. The fact that you work with people who are extremely conservative and der- <laughs> and derogatory towards women. Um, I'm curious how your life as, you know, before and, you know, the teachings that you had 
when you were growing up, how that manifests into now when you're around men who can't even talk like actual adults. Yeah. Just working in an all male workplace. Yeah. There's like even the guys that are more progressive or liberal still have like this is the first time in my life that I've been in a situation where like someone's trying to show me porn on their phone at work. I'm just like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Are you kidding me right now? Recently, it was like this whole like, you know, Kavanaugh and Dr. Ford's testimony and basically guys at work being like, oh, yeah, I think that she's lying. And it's having to really like shut people down and be like, why the fuck would someone lie in this scenario? Why would someone say that Who's benefiting from lying? Of the two people, who's benefiting? You know, like having to like have these confront these guys and be just like, no, like what you're saying doesn't make any sense. Sometimes you don't want to get into political stuff, but sometimes if no one says anything, then people just get to go on like kind of spouting their bullshit all the time and like never get checked. One of the things that you learn about growing up as a Christian, at least I did, was this idea of like being different from the rest of the world and like really embracing that we have this kind of certain standard. And like we said, that's been corrupted. That idea of like standing up for what's right and like making a point to say something, I think really is something that stuck with me. And in a way, I feel like there's plenty of stuff that I grew up believing that I still really appreciate and cherish these ideas about respecting other people and life and and all that stuff that like basic Jesus concepts I think are really great when people that are in a place of privilege they've already got everything you know like they they have the power uh are bullying other people or acting like shitheads then you know you've got to toss some tables around like Jesus did and be willing to like call people out and uh yeah, so I think I guess that's you know maybe that answers your question. Yeah, I, I, all I want to just tell people who say shit like that is just cut that out. Yeah, just like Uncle Joey, huh, yeah. cut it out. Yeah, between the content that you were making in high school as a way to just sort of go along for the ride, and then realizing that as an adult you can't just turn a blind ear to, or a deaf ear or mm-hmm. a blind eye effectively to any of the kind of things that you're hearing said. You kind of roll with it because you're afraid of saying something and you turn the other cheek. But now you realize that you can't necessarily just stay mum. Yeah. You're a good man. I I, I, <laughs> I, 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 t- I talk too much, but I, I think I'm getting down to the, the core of Wes Marcarelli. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Man, I, don't, I, I hope something is. I hope it's good. If it's good, I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, a lot that you're doing. Are you anywhere that people could find you on social media to uh, you know, stay in touch with you or find out anything about projects or performances that you have coming up? Yes. The one thing I definitely wanted to mention was speaking of trying to make a difference. I have this project STEM modular that I've been working on. So that's like synthesizers that I'm building and like basically trying to make it a platform for education because in the same way that when I was growing up, I was discouraged from maybe some of the more performative aspects. I also kind of had a piece of me that was kind of into sciencey things that was also oddly discouraged. And I think that other people might go through that. So I'm trying to to spread the gospel of science, technology, and engineering and math through creative projects. That's and that's STEM modular on all the platforms. S T E M M O D U L A R. And I'm Champagne Sequins on Tumblr and other places. On Bandcamp. 
and Bandcamp. Yes. And 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 SoundCloud if you want to hear uh, my musical synthesizer musings. What a mensch you are! <laughs> you are you are a good man, and uh, it is uh, a privilege uh, in the strict sense of artistic uh, integrity that uh, I am getting your presence here, gracing the studio today for this edition of Lost and Rewound. Uh, I am grateful for people like you in our lives. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. This is fun. I love what you guys do. Thanks for listening to this edition of Lost and Rewound. We'll be back next week with another edition, another, maybe another special episode. Who knows? These weeks, we don't know. It's always unpredictable. Sometimes we talk about farts and sometimes we talk about the state of the nation. (laughs) (laughs) But whatever the case is, you can find us here again next week here on Radio Free Brooklyn from 3 to 4 p.m. Love each other. Keep yourselves up and enjoy the rest of your day. Lost and Rewound, Radio Free Brooklyn. Kentucky Fried Chicken is finger looking good I would eat it every day if I could But I would be getting fatter from the batter Until I explode Chicken a la mode Eat it on the road Stop in the bathroom and drop my load Yo, fast to the hot and spicy Cause I'm flying icy I fuck my wifey with chicken in my hand You don't understand Chicken is the essence of life You need it much more than a wife Which easy my knees I eat chicken while I'm fucking my wheezy Your word, word, what, huh? Chicken's what I live for out the chicken, I be a whore. With that crispy goodness, I sell my soul. Chicken makes me out of control. Just pull my pie hole with chicken, makes me happy. Without chicken, I'm feeling crappy. Without my chicken, I'm like Popeye without a spinach. I'm finished, but still diminished. I need to crispy, so I'm stuck with the finest chicken. To get my hands on the almighty chicken that be tight, B. It makes me feel light, G. We have a chicken tonight, see? Chicken at Chili's, it tastes like a dream, whether spicy or sweet or in a saucy cream. And TGI, oh my, gets me high in the sky. Pineapple Jack Daniels and a nice hearty side. Chicken wraps, chicken naps, chicken laps, chicken snacks. Wendy's, Mickey D's, D&D should be. Cause there ain't no place where chicken ain't nice. I even ate it once from a cook who had lice. Ain't no shame, it's all in the game. Kinda lame, but chicken don't live up to its name. Spicy, just so nicey, not pricey, words to my life be. Uh, uh, uh. I eat, I eat, I eat chicken when I cut glass. When I bust in the cap and eat ass, or when I got the chrome to your dome, or in your own home, I still eat chicken and eat it like it's my own. Munch on it while I'm on the phone. Too much chicken make me accident prone. If you try to take chicken from me, I get sick like a killer bee, and attack you like a swarm far from the norm. See, cause I can't live without it. None in the fridge, I doubt it I always got a stash resulting from my immense pile of cash When I'm just about to run out, I hit the chicken spot No doubt, buy all the chicken so no one else can have any I got more chicken than rappers got Henny Who I love at barbecue Teriyaki, I love you Boneless, of course, the meat is the sort of the mad fly taste The bones are away There ain't no match for the meat of that bird Everything else is absurd Yeah, word, word, huh Uh, yo, son, chicken beat can't protest. I got a zest that makes me eat my pants. Get up and dance and look for romance. I get high like crack a weed. One more drumstick. Haha, yes indeed. Take heed. Don't disturb. Cause after I eat my chicken, I have to drop turd. Word. Be without chicken, absurd. You taste from the last week. No way.
way, nerd. Hot chicken be only good with iced tea. I eat it when I pee. See, I don't mess with my shake and bake fried chicken, or you get a beating. Word. Yo, listen, listen, listen. What? Chicken all day, every day, anyway. No time to play. When it's on my plate, I ain't got nothing to say. In the morning, afternoon, and night. When I eat it, there's no fear in sight. Get up, get down, in town, on the ground, lots of sound. If you get out of your seat and smoke a pound of chicken, it's great all around. I love chicken. I need it, believe it, I receive it and eat it. What? I, I love, love chicken. No doubt, goodness, what it's all about. Now everybody shout. I love chicken. No rejection of this chicken perfection. I need chicken in my section. Mm. I love chicken. I love chicken. Every kind I try, I can't lie. Without this chicken, yo, I die. Yeah. DJ Dave. Crazy West. And Buster Nutty Just. Word. We love chicken. Not too much. Uh-huh. You ain't got no fear of no salmonella. None of that. Shit is whack, but chicken is fat. I'm going to create a song out of nowhere Cause we have to get some Everybody now cares about the things that we do not care about I don't ever want to go down south I'll stay in the north I'll stay in the north We'll stay up here and go right forth We'll stay in the north